Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, so I'm excited about this one. Um, Craig Paxson is with us. And Craig is the creator of the Visionary Results System. Craig, how are you? I'm doing well, John. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you on. Um, tell us a bit, little bit about you and the Visionary Results System. How are you helping folks out there? Yeah, so the Visionary Results System is a three-step method that helps small business owners turn their business vision into predictable, scalable results without the hassles of complicated spreadsheets and endless meetings. So what I try to do is help those small business owners and executives figure out how they compete in the market to get the results they want, and then how to execute the strategy that we come up with so that they can actually turn that vision into results. Hence the name of my company, Visionary Results. Wow. A lot to pack, unpack there. A lot. Uh, yeah. But um, do you find that, and I think I'm, this is a softball question, I believe, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Do you find that a lot of business owners get into a business and they don't really think about scaling and how to scale? Yes, absolutely. I figured you'd say that. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, a business owner, uh, they start their business and they are generally a, a subject matter expert, right? They know more about HVAC or audiovisual or metalworking than anybody. And that's what they love to do. So they decide to start their business. And through sheer determination and will, they grow their business into some size to where they have to start hiring people and they have to learn how to become a manager, how to become a leader. So no longer are they the subject matter expert of metallurgy. They now have to actually run a business. And so they go through what I call the cycle of management. And we all know this cycle. Uh, the small business owner doesn't really like to micromanage. They did not uh, go to school to become a manager. They like the stuff that they do, that subject matter expertise that they have. And as the business grows, uh, they're not really doing a lot or a great job of managing. And then things start to go downhill and not work very well. And they then move into the trap of micromanagement because it's the only way they know how to get things done. But they don't like to do the micromanaging and nobody else likes it either. And so after a while, uh, they decide they want to stop doing it and they go back to being the visionary, back to probably selling, really thinking about their company uh, from a big picture. And then uh, things don't uh, work as well as they should. Things are not being executed that well. And they go back into micromanagement and they come back out of it. And that cycle repeats over and over and over. And because of that cycle, the business owner ends up being trapped by their own business. They can't really help their business grow the way that it should. Or if they don't really want their business to grow, they really can't escape from the day-to-day -day stuff um, every time that problems arise. 
So the system that I've put in place, the visionary results system, really helps those owners understand how they should manage their people and their business so they don't have to do that cycle of no management, micromanagement, and things can run smoothly. And it really helps to be able to do this from the beginning. It's not that you can't course correct because you can as time goes along, if you hit, uh, hit the rocks somewhere along the way. Um, but it, it's really helpful and saves a whole lot of time and effort and worry and anguish. If you get this right from the beginning, right? Oh, absolutely. If we start right, uh, it's easier to stay right. Mm. Um, but you know, a, a lot of business owners, um, and executives of small companies, they didn't, they didn't, um, you know, the business grew sort of by accident. Um, they didn't plan right at the beginning to move from a hundred thousand dollar business to a $750,000 business. It just happened because they got a sale and they got another sale and they got another sale and they're scrambling to, you know, to keep things on track and then to get the next sale because they have to pay for the materials for their last sale. And so, you know, they, they don't really plan the growth um, for a lot of small businesses, right? This is not like um, a venture capital type thing where we're planning on scaling and then exiting. For small business owners, this is their life. This is what they like to do. So, so in many cases, there's not a, it's not a possibility to have started correctly. Um, we come into a situation that is, uh, you know, fraught with a little bit of peril, a little bit of danger, and we have to course correct. And that's really what what my system and my coaching is for to help those small business owners course correct. You know, just offering that to a business owner is a, a graceful thing on your part, because I think uh, we're all guilty of this. We see the other person, the someone on social media, we think they have no problems. Right. And, and as it turns out, everybody runs into this along yeah. the way and you're offering that grace to business owners uh, to say, it's okay. This happens, hey, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It happened to me when mm. I was a CEO of a small company. Um, I had to course correct. We had to put the systems in place to enable the company to thrive. And uh, it wasn't the, the company wasn't necessarily designed right from the beginning to do that. Um, but we were able to figure out what to do so that I didn't have to micromanage. The managers didn't have to micromanage. People knew what they were supposed to do and, and we got the stuff done. And those lessons um, that I've, I learned from that time. And then of course, all of my study academically certifications, et cetera, I really molded this system so that I can teach small business owners to come out of the mistakes the way that I was able to come out of the mistakes that my company was making. Folks, we're here chatting with Craig Paxson. Craig is the creator of the Visionary Results System. Um, so, Craig, you've got in this uh, in the Visionary Results System, you've got a what you call a three step method that turns your business into. Uh, one that's got predictable and scalable results. Talk about briefly those three steps. Sure. Yeah. So the first step is define. And in the defined stage of the VRS, we figure out 
what are the capabilities that are required to compete in the market and get the results that, that the business wants. So a lot of times in that, that phase I call strategy. So that is my definition of strategy. A lot of times um, businesses think about strategy as it's something that's they think big picture or high level or long term. But what strategy really is, is determining how we compete in the market. If we have not figured out how the organization competes in the market, what makes them different than their competitors, how they make money, and then determine the capabilities required in order to compete in the market, then we don't have strategy. We just have a bunch of long-term high-level plans. So that's phase one. Phase one is define the strategy, define the capabilities that are required to compete in the market and get organizational results. Phase two is planning. And planning happens frequently, uh, generally quarterly. And what we do with the plan is we turn that definition of the capabilities required into a plan of actions. What are the key processes that have to be undertaken on a routine basis, whether that's daily, weekly? What are those key processes? And what are the capabilities that we need in order to sell, deliver, collect, and govern the organization. Every organization has four verticals. Doesn't matter if it's the smallest mom and pop corner store all the way up to General Motors or Amazon. One is to sell the product or service. The next is to deliver that product or service to the consumer, the buyer. The third vertical is to collect the money owed. In many cases, uh, Money is collected during the sales process, like in a credit card transaction, but a lot of times there's invoices made, and then we have to collect that that money somehow. If we don't collect the money from a sale, we're going to go out of business. And then the fourth vertical is to govern the organization, Mm. to file taxes, um, to do accounting reports, to hire people, to fire people, to train people, et cetera. And so... During the definition phase, we're going to figure out um, the key processes and the key capabilities required for each of those four verticals. And the planning phase, we're going to turn that definition, that capabilities into a plan of actions. What are the key processes that we have to do? And then what are the things that we don't have of those capabilities that we need and start executing projects to go and get those capabilities to make them the capabilities that that are required uh, to to get those capabilities ready to go. So that is the planning phase, turning that capabilities into a plan of actions. And then the third phase is execution. So execution is actually going out and doing those projects. It's taking the processes that we need to do to sell, deliver, collect, and govern the organization and managing those processes. So Understanding our our KPIs, our key and what I call key process indicators, having the right kinds of meetings at the right kinds of time. Um, And so all that is part of execute. So that is the third phase of the BRS. Define, plan, execute. I want to get to the last thing you just said there, um, because people that hear the term KPI, they're they're thinking you're going to say key performance indicator. What you pointed to there was something I, I think's really, um, um, pretty cool. And, 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 um, 
probably more important, if I can say that, um, because what you're pointing to as a as a process indicator, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is a question, is is you're pointing to how you get to the performance. You're pointing to what you've got to do in order, the little steps you've got to make in order to get the results you're looking for to get that KPI, that key performance indicator, I should say, right? right. Yeah. So um, a key process is simply a, it's a number of steps that happen in order to get some kind of outcome, mm. right? To sell a product or maybe to respond to a customer complaint. And uh, a lot of times when we say KPI, key performance indicator, the first thing we think about is the performance of people. But 95% of the time, the reason that something goes wrong isn't because of the people performing. It's because the process doesn't work right. And so what I like to focus on in KPIs, key process indicators, is what are the measurements we should have about a process that tells us whether the process is performing well or not. And then if the performance of the process is not performing well, now we can go make changes to the process. Sometimes the changes that need to be made are people, right? Either through, you know, reassigning people or simply through training uh, making the people uh, who are performing that process a little bit more capable in order to do it. But many times the process needs to be improved through other means, new technology, uh, redesigning the steps that, that the process uh, has in order to create the outcome. And so that's why I really talk about key process indicators, not key, por- key performance indicators, simply to keep that focus on the process and not on the people. And just to be clear, this is some; these are indicators you can't manage in your accounting or measure in your accounting system, right? No. I mean, your accounting system is a backward-looking uh, uh, system, right? That the, is not predictive, like what you're getting at. Yes, yeah. I talk about two different kinds of indicators, um, KPIs. And instead of using uh, terms forward or backward looking, leading and lagging, uh, which I really don't like, um, this is not, uh, uh, what is it? This is not uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, (laughs) You know, we don't bleed before we prick our finger. We can't measure something before it happens. So there's really no such thing as a a leading indicator. They're all lagging. Um, But what I like to talk about for a key process is two different kinds of, of indicators, two different kinds of KPIs. One of them is the outcome. What is the outcome that that process is trying to do and how do we measure that? Then the second one is activity indicators. What are the steps in the process that we need to measure? So, for instance, let's say that we have a customer complaint uh, process. And so we've promised that customer complaints will be resolved within 72 hours. And so we really have uh, two outcome indicators that we probably want to measure. One of them is, did we meet the 72-hour promise turnaround time? And then the second one is probably something around customer satisfaction. Did we actually resolve those complaints to the satisfaction of the customer? So those are going to be the two outcome indicators. The KPIs related to the activities may be things like how many phone calls or how many complaints did we get? Or how long did it take us to answer the phone? 
Or how long did it take to escalate to the second level support person? How many of the calls had to go to the second level support person? What percentage of those, right? And so by measuring those activity indicators and the outcome indicators, we'll, we will know, one, is the process performing correctly? Are we getting the results that we want out of the process? And two, what are the things inside the process that the leverage points that we can go and change? For instance, if 60% of the complaints need to go to level two and be escalated to level two, do we want to increase the number of level two support staff? Can we make changes so that less of the complaints need to go to level two, right? Do we change documentation or give the level one support staff more authority or what? Um, and those things now will help drive those, um, the outcomes that we have in this case of the turnaround time, 72 hours and customer satisfaction. Folks, again, we're here chatting with Craig Paxson. Craig is the creator of the Visionary Results System. And Craig is also uh, the co-author of the book, Unstuck, 10 Proven Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, so let's talk about those barriers to small business growth. Maybe you can uh, mention a couple of those and how what you teach uh, helps us break through those. Yeah. So uh, you know, a lot of times small business owners, they come to the point to where you know, hard work um, is really what got them there but hard work can't keep them going, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos can't work hard enough to fulfill uh, every package delivery for Amazon, right? So um, it's really breaking through the barriers of common sense and hard work. And so some of the barriers include, include things like cash management, right? If we don't manage our cash well, then we're going to run out of business. We're going to go out of business. This comes back to collecting the cash that's owed to us as part of one of those four verticals. Um, getting leads to the business, making sure that we actually have enough sales, enough revenue through leads and lead conversion. Um, understanding our actual financial uh, calculations from a cash management standpoint. So we know that we get a customer how much now does it cost us to, to um, deliver the product or service to that customer so we understand our gross margin? Uh, understanding our overhead so that we can take our gross margin and minus our overhead, and that comes now to our net profit. A lot of business owners don't really know all of those variables financially, uh, but those variables financially are not, uh, you can't directly influence them. All you can do is influence the processes that create those numbers. So if we know that our gross margin is too low, that means our cost of goods sold or how much it takes for us to actually deliver the product or service to the customer. If we know that our gross margin is too low, our, our cost of goods sold is too high, what are the processes, the things that we need to do to reduce our costs? And a lot of business owners don't really understand that stuff. So part of what we do is, is looking at those things so we can understand uh, the financial drivers um, and take actions to make the business more profitable. So, Craig, let's talk a little bit, uh, I, I guess, in terms of just what, 
I mean, this may seem an obvious question, which is one reason I hesitate, but I have found sometimes obvious questions are, are the best ones. Um, when, and what, what, what's typical for your clients? I mean, in terms of their age and stage in their business, I mean, what's going on in their business that causes them to reach out to you? Yeah, it's either, it's one of two things. Either they really want to grow right now. They want to scale um, or they want to regrow their business after a year like we had last year where maybe their business shrunk. And so they really need to put the management systems in place in order to grow their business from, say, 2 million to 10 million. Or the owner doesn't really want to grow the business and scale it up, but he wants to be able to either exit from the business or to uh, reduce his involvement and stress level from the business. And so it's really one of those two situations where business owners say, I need help in designing a system to manage. I don't want to go hire a, a, a CEO. I don't want to go hire a COO. I just need a little bit of help understanding how to run my business better so I can either scale it or I can reduce my involvement. And that's when they reach out to me and I can go in and help them. Got it. And, and let's bring people into this because we, we've talked a lot about process. And I think sometimes when we talk about process, folks don't think that includes people, but people are part of that. And it's not, it's not a binary thing, one or the other. Um, Talk about how people play into this and how you counsel your clients about, um, bringing their team along and keeping them on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge um, Patrick Lencioni fan. And so one of my favorite books of his used to be titled the three signs of a miserable job. Um, it was since retitled the truth about employee engagement. And he talks about three different things um, in his book, the three signs of a miserable job. The first one is anonymity is employees not feeling like they're known. They're just a number. Uh, They're not known in the organization. Nobody really knows who they are, uh, what makes them tick. The second one is purpose. And then is why does my job at this company exist? And then the third one is what he calls immeasurement or not having a way to measure to know if you're actually making an impact in the company. Mm. And so one of the things that this system does that we put in place, the the VRS, the visionary results system, is we make sure that every job and every activity is linked back to the greater purpose, the vision of the company. And so everybody now knows how their job and what they do impacts the results that the company wants, the business owner's vision. And then we put in place measurements so that every employee knows when they're performing well and when they're not, and they can self-correct. And this is a big thing is people like to self-correct. If you give people uh, a reason that their job exists and a way to know if they're doing it well, they're going to want to do it well. And so giving them the measurements to know if they're doing it well, they'll just self-correct. They will make changes necessary in order to make sure that they're fulfilling the purpose of their job. And so that's really how the system interacts with the people. So, uh, you know, we talk a lot about culture these days and culture is a, is a big thing. 
and it's huge. But culture is more than donuts on Friday or having a ping pong table in the break room um, or patting everybody on the back. People want to be engaged. They Good culture is a culture full of engaged employees, and those engaged employees are not anonymous. Their job has a purpose, and they know how to measure themselves to know that they're contributing to the vision of the company. And that's what culture is. The purpose of culture is to execute the strategy. The purpose of culture is to ensure that the company is executing its strategy and getting the results that it wants. And we can't have culture without strategy, and we can't have a strategy without culture. And so if we put the right strategy and the right execution framework in place, culture will thrive. People will be engaged. And that's really what the system that I have does. You know, I'm disappointed to hear that. I, I, I thought all, all I needed to do was get a ping pong table and everything would be great. And you, oh. you just burst my bubble. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, John. It, yeah. yeah. You know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Although, you know, a ping pong table or video games or donuts on Friday can be a wonderful thing. Sure. Um, but if they're just papering over people, not knowing what their job is and not knowing if they're doing their job well or not until they do it so bad that they're disciplined or fired or yelled at, um, then it's not really good culture. Mm. Now, you know, you tied together two concepts, and I'm interested in how you did that there. Uh, uh, you tied together strategy and culture. Say more on why those two concepts are so closely tied in your in your thinking. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite quotes, and you'll hear people say this all the time, it's attributed to Peter Drucker, is culture eats strategy for breakfast. And a lot of people will take that and say that means that culture is more important. But what it really means is that culture consumes, culture executes strategy. So we have to have from the, the, the leader of management gurus of all time, Drucker, in his, in his wisdom words, talked about culture and strategy both being important. And so once I understood that, that the purpose of culture is really to eat the strategy, to execute the strategy, I realized that it's not a greater than or less than thing. They are two sides of the same coin. Uh, we can't have one without the other. They're the yin and the yang of a company. And so uh, I, I really I worked very hard uh, in my brain for many, many uh, days and hours really wrestling with how do I make sure that the system that I put in place to execute a strategy impacts culture. And when I came across the three signs of a miserable job by uh, Patrick Lanchoni, I was like, that's it right there. This is how it all links together. How the company competes in the market, the results that they want, the vision that the business owner has, that is the reason for a employee's job to exist. That is the reason. That is the purpose. Now, how do we measure it? And I've been a process guy forever. Um, and so once I figured that out, I could link the things that everybody does on a day-to-day -day basis all the way back to the strategy. And it, it all linked together. And that was so important. And so I am 100% convinced you can't have a good culture without good strategy and you can't have, you can't make your strategy happen without having a good culture.
So, Craig, lots of thoughts and uh, uh, concepts to think about here. Uh, sounds like to me that a lot of what you teach has led to some great results for clients. I'd love it if you could share. Uh, and of course, you don't have to use a name, um, but if uh, you can share those thoughts anonymously. But a, a client where you've uh, your intervention has really made a big difference for them and transformed them. Yeah. So uh, I worked with a, a client about a 20 or so million dollar company and um, they were going to do the, their normal uh, biannual strategy. And uh, I got to see uh, sort of the output of that strategy session. And what I realized when I saw it was it was basically just a wish list of all the stuff that they wanted to do. And a prioritization then of this wish list, prioritized by time frame or effort or money. But when I asked the leaders of the company, how does this now work back into the market? How does doing these things help you compete better in the market and get the results that you want? They couldn't make that link. They couldn't say, well, Project X that we want to do here is going to help us get better in the market in this way. And so they didn't have that link between the market and their projects. So they didn't really have strategy. So what we did is we went all the way back to the beginning and defined uh, their vision, um, where they wanted the company to go. Um, in that case, I used, I like my visions to be what I call holistic. So not just about the, the market, um, but about the market, the company's financial results, and the impact that the company has on society in general. And so uh, we went back and we defined the vision for each of those three areas, some measurable results that they wanted to achieve in each of those three areas, and then determined how is the company going to compete in the market. And from that, we could figure out what are the right projects that we need to uh, do we need to do to make the company more competitive? And then what are the key processes that the company performs on a day-to-day basis that we need to measure and make sure that we're doing right? And uh, so the company, you know, put that stuff into place. I'm happy to say that four years later, they're still using the system. Um, And they are, even through COVID, um, they were able to grow. Um, Profitability has increased. Cash reserves have increased. Um, employee satisfaction has, uh, has gone up and, uh, you know, I don't want to pat myself too much on the horn because they did most of the work. Um, I was just a little coach and teacher and cheerleader on the side, helping them, uh, helping them through it. Great story. Uh, love that. Uh, so, so Craig, let's talk about how you work with a client. Uh, so someone hears what you've had to offer, they get in touch. How does that process unfold? Yeah. So first uh, we will have a, a roadblock elimination session. So basically it's 30 minutes to talk about the business and come up with one or two ideas that that business can implement, whether they work with me or not. Uh, and during that, we will also determine, is there a good fit for me to work with them? Um, in some cases, it's not a good fit uh, for one reason or another. And we'll determine that during that meeting. No strings attached. Um, just call up, uh, go to my webpage and book a roadblock consultation and we can have that call. If we determine that it's a good fit, then there's a couple different paths that we go down. One of them is just executive coaching. 
So weekly or biweekly calls just with the owner or the CEO of that business. Uh, the other option is to actually fully implement the VRS in the organization. So I have software that supports the VRS that we put all of their goals and metrics and projects into. Uh, I will coach them and their management team on how to run meetings, how to uh, look at processes in a different way to make sure those processes are performing. And so after the roadblock meeting, we'll determine, is there really no reason to go forward? Is executive coaching the right fit? Or is it better to do the full VRS implementation? Wow, great stuff. Um, folks, Craig Paxson, he is the uh, creator of the Visionary Results System. Craig, this has been great. And I know that uh, uh, there's a lot more I could get into, uh, but I've got a feeling that we need to cut this off so folks can uh, maybe listen to this and be in touch with you. Um, so if you could give your coordinates on how folks can do that, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, go to my webpage at visionaryresults.com, uh, or connect with me on LinkedIn at, uh, Craig, just search my name, Craig Paxton on LinkedIn. Love to connect, uh, talk. Um, as you've probably noticed, I can talk a lot. Uh, if you just want to talk about anything business related, uh, just give me a call. Um, more than happy to have a chat and see if uh, see if we can help move your business forward. And folks, we'll have a link to the book I mentioned earlier, Unstuck, 10 Proven Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth. And then you're also, we didn't have a chance to get to it, but the author of the Goal Discussion Guide. Uh, maybe we can have you back to talk about that at some point. But uh, Craig, Craig Paxson, uh, visionary results system. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, John. Folks, just a quick reminder and a request. So we are, uh, our show Nashville business radio is on all the major podcast platforms. We would love it. Here's the request. Uh, if you would go out and give us a five-star review now, it's not about me. It's not about business radio X. It's about our guest. Uh, it, you doing that helps people find the show so that they may be in need of the services of great business leaders like Craig and the others that we've had on the show. And, uh, it helps everyone. So if you could do that for us, uh, we would really appreciate it. And if you want to know more about, uh, business radio X, you can go to our website, businessradiox.com. You can see all our shows there. We've got shows all over the country including uh, what we have uh, here with Nashville Business Radio. And we've got a lot of different subject matters. And so check us out, get in the search bar. You can you can uh, search for a lot of different subjects and entrepreneurs and topics and what have you, uh, geographies, wherever you are. So uh, check us out uh, there as well. So for my guest, Craig Paxson, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Nashville Business Radio.